Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Medium-sized Monday in the books. We've got some recapping to do. We've got the two-day, two-at-a-time streamer thing, whatever the hell we want to call it. It's on the docket as well. That is the formula right now here on Fantasy NBA Today for Monday, Wednesday, and uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday shows. Monday, we'll have reverse chronological lightning rounds until further notice. Maybe not the last one, or maybe we will. I don't know. Maybe we'll do it right until the very damn end. Tuesday, Wednesday will be strictly recap and stream ahead. Thursday will probably be that with kind of an eye towards the weekend. And then Friday shows are all going to be about, we'll have a little bit of a Thursday recap as opposed to the whole weekend review kind of thing. But then also Friday shows are going to be like this last one, focused on the weekend and then the long stream into the following week. And I'm trying to figure out a way to get some of this stuff on social media as well. So... Uh, hopefully you guys like the format I came up with yesterday. We'll see if, I don't know. I'll, I'll tweak it as I see fit. We'll figure this thing out in time, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, uh, I'm Dan Vasperis. Thanks again for tuning us, uh, in as often as you do. Makes a very big difference, especially this time of year. This is the time of year where I know the, you know, as teams get eliminated, things of that nature, folks start to trickle off. But whatever you can do to stick with us here, it really would mean the world to me. And we roll through the whole offseason. Don't forget, this show does not break for the offseason. We still go five a week throughout, prepping for the following season. Oh, it's a scene, man. It's a scene. Let's dive in. Detroit, playing better these days. Don't let them fool you, man. The Pistons are fighting. I mean, they're still not good, but they won three games in a row. They're six and four in their last 10 games. And a lot of that is Cade Cunningham. He has kind of figured out the NBA game. Happened at about the same time for Cade as it did for Jalen Green. This is when it clicks for rookies. February into early March, you start to see the, the fruits at that point. I mean, you can, it's like clockwork. It's so rare to have a guard or small wing or someone that's really kind of offensively minded figure out the NBA real fast. Who are the rookies that look good at the beginning of this year? Scotty Barnes, big wing, Evan Mobley, power forward. And now you got Cade who's coming on. You got Jalen Green who's coming on. The littler guys, I know Cade's not like a little guy, but he's a guard. He's effectively a giant point guard. Small shooting, whatever. I mean, normal size shooting guard, playing point guard, whatever you want to call it. He's, he does many things for the Pistons, and the game's starting to slow down. This is just when it happens. Pistons also got a big game out of Marvin Bagley in this one after Isaiah Stewart hurt his knee. He's questionable officially for their next ball game, but I, there's sort of no reason for Detroit to ram him through for the Pistons. Play again tomorrow. Hosting Chicago, they go Friday, Sunday as well this week. I don't know if I would do anything with it in a head-to-head format because there's a, a chance that Stewart comes back quickly. But, I mean, we still know Bagley would play probably about 20 minutes even if Stewart comes back. So I think this is actually a move I would consider in all formats because if Stewart's out, you're going to see Marvin get a ton of opportunity. 
Jeremy Grant, Cade Cunningham, Marvin Bagley then kind of become the guys taking shots. Sadiq Bey is also in the mix. He had some foul trouble in this game, but I, you know, I think it, you see a front court guy kind of get in there a little bit. So I'd pick him up, see what happens. If he gets the start, trot him out there, mid-30s. and mid, I mean, he played 36 minutes after Stewart had already played the first nine and a half. Kelly Olynyk was mostly ineffective. They don't really want to shovel him that many minutes. I don't even know why they signed him, perfectly honest with you. So you can ignore that. But this is an interesting development. Marvin Bagley is not a guy that I would normally say has a better fantasy game than the center he's backing up, but he kind of has a better fantasy game than Isaiah Stewart, who just completely turned his off for this year. That was a weird one. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, by the way, this game did go into overtime, I should mention, so you got a little bonus stuff there. Trey Young was horrible, and that's pretty much why they lost. Maybe his worst game of the year, it's down there. Uh, John Collins into the starting lineup, so Gallo, that thing, whatever that thing was, is done. Clint Capella played 33 minutes in the overtime game. He's just, he's not the same this year. I don't know if it's a fire that's missing or what, but you can't do much with him. And then Bogdan Bogdanovich, who, you know, we've been showering with praise here for the better part of a month. Everybody's like, ah, he's going to take a hit when so-and-so comes back. No, not really. He's, He's better than these other guys. Clearing out Cam Riddish actually was kind of helpful for him. Philly beat the daylights out of Chicago. Bulls really didn't have much of a chance when Nico Vucevic was ruled out because they had nothing to throw at Joel Embiid. Embiid just eating people alive. 16 more free throws. James Harden double-doubled. Kind of a quiet game. They didn't need much out of him. Tyrese Maxey was uh, solid, if unspectacular. And Tobias Harris was terrible again. I still, I mean, this is still the craziest by low of all time. He played 37 minutes and just didn't even really get into the mix. Uh, George Niang did more in his 19 minutes off the bench than Tobias Harris. I guess the question is, it's a buy low, but how much of the uptick are we going to get? I think I would still do it. I mean, you're going to see him starting to get dropped in places, so maybe you don't even need to buy on it. You might even be able to pick him up. I would if he got dropped. I would still give up someone in the 100 range for him. Over on the Bulls' side, no Vooch. You're not picking up Tristan Thompson. Even as a starter, he's a disaster of a fantasy play. Io is still a go. Kobe White played well off the bench, but you can't trust him on a night-to-night basis. So no big changes there. Even with Vooch out, nobody's the real winner. Just a little bit of stuff for everybody else. DeMar DeRozan, not surprisingly, has kind of come back to earth a bit lately as well. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits Then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area. Find the best deals on game day drinks and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. 
Miami kind of started slowly in this game and then woke up, as you figured they would, and eventually just put the claws on Houston and didn't let them do anything as the game wore on. The Rockets led this game by like seven or eight points midway through the second quarter, I think. Uh, Jimmy Butler was good. Bam was good. Not great. Neither one of them was fantastic. Tyler Hero had a big ball game. Kyle Lowry came back, did nothing. Victor Oladipo made his season debut, 11 points and four assists in 15 minutes. I don't expect to see that number climb quickly. I'm not an Oladipo guy anymore. I don't think he's ever going to quite be the guy he was before, but keep at least keep one eye on him. I'm willing to admit that there's a chance I'm wrong here. I don't think I am, but it could be. You know, what if he gets ratcheted up and he becomes the starting shooting guard over Duncan Robinson? He could. Or maybe they go a different size. P.J. Tucker goes to the bench. Nah, they'll keep him. They like Tucker's defense. I think they like Duncan Robinson for his floor spacing, too. I don't really know what Oladipo's gig is going to be with this team if he ever gets ramped up to, like, 22, 23 minutes of ballgame. Like, I don't see him getting into that 26, 27 range. That feels like pushing it. No Christian Wood. Alperen Sengun got the start and was meh. He's worth another start if Wood... uh, has, has to miss another ball game. I don't get the feeling Christian's expected to miss more than a game, but I guess you never know. I wouldn't do anything with this information early is kind of what I'm saying to you guys right now. Rockets are off today. They're back on tomorrow. Uh, I mean, Roto, you could pick them up. There's just more interesting stuff out there right now than Shengun. Who, by the way, there is like, a, I wouldn't call it a twinge of vindication for me yelling about don't stashing for four months and then it totally didn't work out. K.J. Martin had a nice ball game, not for any particular reason. Jay Sean Tate just kind of got yanked around a little bit. I mean, the, the real news with Houston is that Jalen Green is kind of figuring out the NBA. We just talked about it with Cade Cunningham. Jalen, another 20-point ball game, efficient. Didn't get the defensive stats, didn't get the rebounds. You know, didn't get to the foul line and make anything there. But look, I mean, look at the competition here. The Heat are a really good basketball team, and he had another decent ball game. Kevin Porter Jr. was actually okay. But, I, you know, you couldn't pay me enough to start him in a, in a category league. Let's keep moving. Portland ugh, completely obliterated by Minnesota. I clowned on Brandon Williams for not doing any peripheral stuff, and he must have heard it because he went full peripheral stuff in this ballgame. I, I mean, what can we say about Portland at this point? First of all, Drew Eubanks, who was the guy I thought would be sort of the consistent plotting type, got massacred again by Carl Anthony Towns. No Huge shame in that, but only got off six shots, only made one of them. I still like Eubanks. If you're a starting center in the NBA, I'm willing to give you a shot on my basketball team, my fantasy basketball team. Um, Anthony Simons is the big question mark. We don't know if he's going to miss additional ball games, but if he does, it seems like Williams is the dude who's out there just grabbing up all the usage. And so that actually does change the trajectory a little bit on Williams, who when Simons was around was purely out there to take jump shots. He was just out there shooting when they threw him the ball. If he's going to be expected to create now with Simons out and Josh Hart's going to be expected to create a little bit. I mean, Portland shot 28% in this ball game, 28%. That's atrocious. That's one of the worst you'll see from anybody all season long. Uh, the other name I mentioned on a podcast yesterday, because the only one, other one I did this week, was Keon Johnson, who came off the bench and had 26 pretty decent minutes, actually, in this one. Made his free throws, had some rebounds. Uh, I, you know, 
I guess pick up Brandon Williams because if Simons misses more time and Portland goes again tomorrow and then they're off for a couple of days, so maybe Simons is back on Saturday. I don't know. They got four games next week. I would feel much more confident about this in a roto spot where you're not worried about maximizing games played. But to that end, yeah, that's fine. Go ahead and pick up Williams. If Simons is out, you can start him. Expect him to get another 15 to 20 shots based on the guys around him. I think I would probably start Eubanks in that game too. Crazy though that may uh, well, uh, that one's going up against Gobert. That's not a good that's not a good look. Hart, you start. I don't think you can trust these other guys. Trenton Watford started, played 30 minutes, and he was fine. He fouled out. It's just not much upside on a team that, you know, the players just aren't good enough. Sorry to the Blazers. I mean, now they're trying to lose games right now. There's just, you know, they took the exciting guy out of the lineup. Kind of needs Simons to get any of these other dudes open. So if you want to dump Eubanks, I have no problem with that. I mean, he's not an upside play either. He's a plodding number two or three center on your fantasy team. That's kind of what he was before. I was hoping for some field goal percent upside. Not against Cad. And then Williams, he's he's the one, but only to me when Simons is out. Keon Johnson's a maybe. Watford's a maybe. I wouldn't take chances on him. This game was over early. Minnesota didn't have to play their guys very much. Cat put up a big line in 24 minutes. Nas Reed got to play a bunch. Nice blowout numbers there. Malik Beasley, good ball game. He's streamable. While D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards are still out. You know, double check, make sure neither one of those guys was in the ball game and said something dumb here on the pod. Pat Beverly was back, though. He had a pretty well-rounded line in 22 minutes. And then we figured Jaden McDaniels would have a better ball game. He didn't end up having to do all that much. That's the downside of winning in a blowout. You, know, you end the game early, there's not that much opportunity. You're going to give other guys, the randos, the bench dudes, are going to see some bonus run. Anyway, not much changes there for me. I think you can keep streaming Beasley, especially when two guys are out. That's a pretty easy call at that point. Hope some of you guys checked out our buddies at ThriveFantasy.com. I mentioned that we may have some prizes, and a few of you have hit me up about those. Hopefully more of you will as well. That's going to be the full read today on our buddies at Thrive. Want a prize? Maybe it's Thrive? Perhaps you win? Hit me. Hit me. At Dan Bespris on Twitter, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. I know there's at least one of you that's new every day, even at this weird part of the year, someone looking for some playoff information. Hit me on Twitter, at Dan Bespris. You want an account over at Thrive Fantasy? We can get you a prize involved. It's Prop Bet DFS. It's a great idea. Check them out, but hit me up on Twitter first. That's what you got to do. No Jalen Brunson on the Dallas side. Uh, Maxi Kleba came back, so he and Dwight Powell back to sharing the center minutes, so that's no good. Reggie Bullock has faded here after a hot stretch. I think you can probably move on from him. I know the minutes are there, but the usage has started to bottom out a bit, mostly as Spencer Dinwiddie started to do more. Big game for Luka. Dinwiddie, pretty good game as well. I, You know, I have to like it. He played 40 minutes. Figured this was going to be a nice spot for him with Brunson out. Dorian Finney-Smith trucking along. Those three guys are very startable. When Brunson's back, I would put him in the pecking order ahead of Finney-Smith, and then Dinwiddie would be sort of my fourth favorite among them. But it's interesting, when you pull Brunson out, Dinwiddie jumps over Finney-Smith into that number two hole right behind Luka. 
Utah looked kind of, I don't know, human in this ball game. Mostly because Donovan Mitchell wasn't very good. That's kind of the thing. If he's not good, the team's not going to be that great. Gets a good defense like Dallas. They're going to need someone to throw those punches. At least our guy Rudy Gobert continued to truck along 12 and 13, three blocks. Made all six of his free throws. What? Yeah, we'll take it. We'll take it. Oh, Rudy. Missed some time in there, but we still love you. Second rounder, as per usual. And the Spurs beat the LeBronless Lakers 117-110. Russ had a Russ-like evening, missed a ton of shots from wherever he was standing, field, free throw line, whatever. A disaster of a fantasy season he's had. Austin Reeves was a plus 11 in a game the Lakers lost by 7. You guys can do the math. Minus 18 when he was off the floor. Yikes! He needed to play more than 27 minutes. Dude needs to play 35 a night right now. Uh, with no LeBron, you've got all sorts of options on the Lakers. THT is usable. Mello, he's been fine anyway. Malik Monk is definitely a go when LeBron's out. I would expect LeBron to try to get back for the next couple of balls. I mean, Lakers are actually in jeopardy of falling out of the play-in tournament. They beat the Warriors, and they come back and lose this one. Brutal. Spurs were without Devin Vassell and Lonnie Walker. And so the question was, well, who's actually going to play? And the answer was Josh Richardson. Out of the woodwork, man. I'm not going to take the plunge there. I don't even pop, by the way, tied the all-time wins record with this victory, and it didn't even seem like he really wanted it all that much. I don't know how the Lakers didn't put in someone to deal with Jakob Pertl. They could have gone offense-defense at some point in that ballgame late. Whatever. I don't, you know, sometimes I wonder if the Lakers are, actually want to win these ballgames either, if they're like, eh, we're tired. Denver beat the Zombie Warriors by seven only, which is kind of a note in and of itself. Jokic played in the back-to-back and could not make a free throw to save his life. Very weird. But triple-doubled again, 32-15-13. No Will Barton, which is always the time Monte Morris gets it going. We know that is sort of a one-to-one correlation. And that's as far as you go with the Nuggets. Easy-peasy. Warriors side... If you picked Jordan Poole, Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga, Kevon Looney, those were your winning streamers. Poole was the easy one. That was a, that was a lay-in. And then we figured Kaminga would have a decent ball game. He did. We figured Looney would at least play like near starters minutes. He was kind of like the safe floor guy. And then Moody was the one that was, hey, if he's healthy, do we dare? I didn't have the stones to play anybody because Jordan Poole was already rostered and I wasn't taking a plunge on these other dudes. But that was gross. Uh, gross lineups, Warriors. This was a reschedule, so they decided to just throw it in the dumpster heap of history. And so can we. Nothing to take away from that ballgame. Nada. Zip, zilch, zero. Kings are not surprising at all. The only thing we've been keeping one quarter of one eye, so like one-eighth of available eye space, is Dante DiVincenzo. And that's basically is there any chance he might play his way into consistent 27, 28 minutes? And the answer, I believe, is no. So you just stick with Fox, Sabonis, and Barnes on the Kings' side. Keep it simple. And for the Knicks, you know, what are you going to do, man? Like trying to figure out Burks cooled back off again after a few good ball games. I think you can stick with that okay. Mitchell Robinson played a minute 40 and then left with an illness. He got himself into foul trouble, never came back into the ballgame. It's non-COVID. But, boy, for us Roto-cappers, 
Roto Games Cappers, we wish he would have just sat it out from the front end. Yuck. Jericho Sims was in foul trouble. Taj Gibson ended up playing most of the, the what like available minutes in this one. I you know I'd go pick up Taj Gibson. Knicks are gross. They have been for a long time. Uh, I still think you can start Burks. Obviously Julius Randle. Evan Fournier's cooled back off a little bit. If you want to move along there, I'm actually okay with it. This is you know you can't sit on guys at this time of the year in basically any format. To the Knicks' credit, they do have an okay schedule this week. They go every other day. Next week, their schedule gets clunky. You drop them beginning of next week, and then they go back to four gamers a couple weeks after that, if your playoffs go that far. But, you know, whatever. Honest, I really wouldn't be that upset with you if you only had Julius Randle. I just happen to think that Burks probably stays above the cut line. R.J. Barrett has been a very good points league player this season, and he sort of floated in and out of nine-cat value for a week at a time, like one week out of every month give or take. And unfortunately, and I hate to say this at the end of it all, not a massively eventful Monday evening. I would say if LeBron misses more time, that's a thing to keep an eye on. Portland, if Simons misses more time, that's a thing to keep an eye on, and you could kind of get a jump on it with Brandon Williams if you wanted to. But to me, the most interesting thing is probably the Marvin Bagley ad. But that again, that's tied to an injury. Pretty much everything that happened was tied to an injury on Monday night. So who do you think is going to miss the most time? Simons, Isaiah Stewart, LeBron James? There's an ad for all three of them, but we also don't really know. Those guys could be back in one game, and you could blow a head-to-head move on it. So it does make more sense in a Roto Games cap format. I'm totally fine with you guys taking a stab on any one of those three. And when I say those three, I just mean fill-in. Like, for the Lakers, it's probably THT is the guy that goes from not startable to maybe startable. And, you know, with uh, Detroit, it's certainly Marvin Bagley. That's that's a pretty easy one. That one jumped out us, jumped out at us with, you know, hands waving. It's a wacky, waving, inflatable, arm-flailing tube man just screaming, I'm your pickup! And then Portland Brandon Williams is kind of the same story. I think I'd probably go Bagley over Williams over THT. And the Bagley-Williams one is a bit more of a coin flip, and then Horton Tucker is way down below both of them because there's just not much there. And I think LeBron probably tries to get back quickly because Lakers, what's, man. I think Anthony Davis gets reevaluated in a week. They could really use that. (laughs) Man, could they? Oh, they could use a lot. Yuck. Yucky. Lakers are yucky. All right. Let's talk streaming, but first, a reminder of our uh, two partners that I didn't tell you about on yesterday's podcast. That's our friend at expressvpn.com slash hoopball. By the way, shout out to uh, one of my Twitter followers who hit me up, let me know that they did use the code, got themselves that ExpressVPN. Nice job, dude. I hope you're enjoying it. It is really a cool, a really neat thing. If you're into the privacy element, I dig it. That's not really my jam. I don't care that much about that. Maybe that's dumb of me. It probably is. Uh, but I love the fact that you can disguise your whereabouts. I don't need people knowing where I'm at, so then I can use streaming services the way I want. ExpressVPN.com slash hoopball. 15 months for the price of 12. Let's get a few more of those subs out there. And mybookie.ag. Promo code there is hoopball. Unlocks a bunch of deposit bonuses the first time around. Check them out as well if you're into sports betting. You can follow our guys over at Ethos Wagering. They do a terrific job, and they've been hot, 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 which is cool because they're not forcing it. You know, a couple plays a day, 
spot picking. I like it. I really like what they're doing over there. Blake LaWatch running it, an excellent division for sports ethos. Really just like a professional setup. That's ethos wagering, by the way, on Twitter. I'm at Dan Vesperson on Twitter. I hope you guys will give me a follow because we're going to talk streaming on social media as well. But as I promised on yesterday's show, we're going to look at this night and then the following night like we did on yesterday's. We talked about Monday. We talked about Tuesday. So today we're going to talk about Tuesday and Wednesday. So there will always be a one-day overlap on our streaming look. Here's what you need to be looking at. Three games in four nights. Five games in seven nights, six games in nine nights. Those are basically your winning stream distances because I don't want you just picking up for a back-to-back unless it's like one category that you just absolutely need to hammer and you're going to do it out of one roster slot. You should be able to pile up a ton of extra games played if you're looking for those three and fours, five and sevens, and six and nines. And they're out there. There aren't as many five and sevens this year. There haven't been as many postponements. The league has tried to eliminate those for the most part, but they haven't been able to wipe out the six and nines completely. We're basically got a back-to-back, two games that are not back-to-backs, and then another back-to-back at the back end of it. So game, game, off game, off game, off game, game, effectively. And there's a bunch of those floating throughout the playoffs. Starting today, if you're looking for interesting spots, and we'll tell you the back-to-backs, Charlotte has a back-to-back today and tomorrow. The Clippers go back-to-back today and tomorrow. The Bucks, the Pelicans, the Thunder, the Magic, the Suns. All of those teams go back-to-back today and tomorrow, Tuesday and Wednesday. Also of note, Charlotte, three games in four nights. So they play again on Friday this week before a couple days off. So that would be a four-game stream. Clippers, five and seven, that's a big one. If you're making a move for a long stream, Clippers are your jam. Check out who's available on that team. I'm guessing guys like Terrence Mann, Reggie Jackson, if he's a Zubats, Rocco, those guys are probably rostered. But I bet you could find a Luke Kennard or a Marcus Morris or an Amir Coffey or someone like that or Nick Batum. Those guys are floating around right now, and they're set to play a ton of basketball games between today and Monday of next week. The Bucks is just a back-to-back. That wouldn't be one of my favorites. Pelicans go three games in four nights. Orlando goes three games in four nights. Phoenix is a six in nine. So if you're going to pick up a Suns player, you should be aiming to hang on to them until next Wednesday. And then their schedule slows down a little bit after that. And that's your streaming stuff happening today. If you were planning one day in advance, here's the way that looks. Denver, remember we told you already, is the only team that has a back-to-back Wednesday and Thursday. The only one. Nobody else goes back-to-back Wednesday, Thursday. So they are literally the only team where on Wednesday you might want to start something fresh that you didn't maybe start today. That said, there are some teams that on Wednesday start a 3-4 and scenario, but the back-to-back comes a little bit later in the week. Those teams, you know, we're excluding Denver because we already talked about them. They are also, by the way, a three and four, should you feel so inclined to put that on your list. Miami goes three games in four nights, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. Minnesota actually has four games in six nights if you wanted to go that far. They go up until Monday, or you could abandon ship start uh, after Saturday. San Antonio, three and four. Toronto, three and four. 
Utah three and four. And Washington, remember, they have a better stretch that starts on Friday. They go six and nine days starting on Friday. If you wanted to go with them early, you'd end up with seven games in 11 days. It's not terrible, but that is a very long stream. And it's not quite a high enough percentage, I think. That's actually probably longer than you need to go with the stream. Uh, So not much to do on Wednesday outside of Denver. That's your one spot, and that stream is really just... I would argue the back-to-back, or you could go three and four. If you want to just stretch it a little longer, hold on to that last move until Sunday, the Nuggets would be your uh, shortest available long stream starting on Wednesday. So you got a bunch of options today. We will cover Thursday in during tomorrow's show. Tomorrow's show, we're going to remind you of all the stuff we just talked about here for Wednesday, and then we'll kind of turn the page ahead, which again, you know, nobody goes back-to-back Thursday, Friday. So the middle of this week is not a great time to be using up moves for streaming. Today's a day you could drop a few into the bubble, into the bucket. Like I mentioned, the Clippers going five times in seven nights. That's uh, not a situation that presents itself very often, and you kind of need to take advantage of it. It's effectively a five-game week. That's the way you need to think about that. Then, once we get to Friday, things do loosen up again. Cleveland goes six times in nine days. We already told you Washington goes six times in nine days starting on Friday. So there are some options. There are a number of back-to-backs loading in there, a ton of three games and four nights starting in there on Friday. Just a lot of them. Uh, no other fives and sevens, though. Clippers are really your one. So that's your team today. The Clippers, if you're looking to really bulk up games played, Five and seven, starting today. Go get it done. Please drop a five-star review on the podcast. Please follow me on Twitter. We can talk to one another out that way. Again, I'd love to give you guys some prizes. If not, we'll just keep floating along here, picking up players down the stretch, fighting to the finish line. Half an hour show today, guys. Said it couldn't be done. Here we are. I am Dan Baspers for Fantasy NBA Today, a sports ethos presentation. Hey, by the way, it's Ethos Fantasy BK. You got that? Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter, best damn news feed on planet Earth, at Dan Vespers. Talk to you guys tomorrow if I don't talk to you on Twitter first. So long. <laughs>